This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter Nine, How to Make a Perfect Cup of Tea. The children watched the river until the boat vanished from sight. The girl sighed. There was an old brown bottle half buried in the mud at the water's edge. She dug it out with the toe of her boot and tumbled it into the river where it sank from view. Her brother picked up a sheet of newspaper and began folding it. What are you doing? He didn't answer, creasing the paper into an oddly shaped triangle. He turned it over in his hands, examining his work before carefully handing it to her. She held it between two fingers. And? No, he said, that's not it. He took the folded paper back from her and pulled at the corners. It opened up into a broad triangular hat. His sister was not impressed. Is that it? We make paper hats and go home? Shaking his head, her brother set the folded paper cone on the water. The newspaper boat, for that's what it was, of course, drifted away from the shore, picking up speed as the current caught it. Soon, like the boatman, it was out of sight. His sister remained unimpressed. Terrific. Do you want to write in the front or the back? Ignoring her, her brother turned and started walking along the bank. His sister followed after him. He stopped to inspect an old cardboard refrigerator box, but its sides were bowed and soft to the touch from the damp mud. Nearby, however, he found what he was looking for, a wooden crate half buried in the mud. He tugged at one corner, pulling it out with a dull sucking sound. It was a wooden shipping crate of some kind, with solid sides and bottom, about the size of a doghouse. He went back and scraped at the mud with his foot. The toe of his snow boot hit something. Another crate. With effort, he dug it out of the mud and dragged it up next to its twin. What are they? His sister asked. Boats. She wrinkled her nose. I don't think they'll float. They're wood. She tapped one of them critically. Uh-huh. He picked up one of the crates and dragged it down to the water's edge, pushing it out onto the river. The crate bobbed for a moment and then started to drift away from the shore. He reached in and quickly pulled it back before the current could steal it away, dragging it back onto the mud. His sister squatted down and inspected the box. It was made of wooden planks fitted seamlessly together. The sides were caked with river mud. She scraped at it with a fingernail, revealing the bare boards beneath. She banged on it with her fist, flakes of half-dried mud scattering everywhere. Beneath the mud, she found the shape of a crown printed in black ink so dark it looked like it might have been burned into the wood. Below the crown, there was a word printed in delicate scrollwork. 
She sounded it out silently, like they'd taught her at school. What's Herod's mean? Her brother shrugged. I think he was a king in the Bible or something. Huh. She scraped away more of the mud, uncovered more lettering. She looked to her brother for translation. It says 5,000 bags, he told her. Bags of what? She scraped more mud away, revealing a new word in larger letters. A psalm. She looked to her brother once more. He shrugged again. No idea. He went over and pulled the other crate down next to the first. His sister scraped the mud off of the new one, revealing the same crown and caption. Below, however, she found a different word printed onto the pale wood. Darjeeling. No, her brother said before she could ask. I don't know what that means either. They stood for a moment, staring at the crates, wondering if they really would float, and for how long. Are you ready? the boy asked. She nodded. Me neither, he gave her a smile. But we might as well give it a shot. Picking up the crate Darjeeling, he waddled out into the water. His sister waded out after him, and he steadied it for her while she climbed in. She sat in the crate, looking out over the edge at him. He let go of the sides. She was floating. The crate began to drift off in the direction of the current. Hold on, he went back to the shore. Hold on the what? she asked, utterly helpless. Wait up, he dug in the mud for a moment, revealing a rusty wire coat hanger. Um, his sister drifted further away from the shore. Are you coming? Yep. He grabbed the other crate and shoved it out onto the water. He waded out and caught up with her, grabbing the side of her crate and pulling her back. He untwisted the wire hanger and wrapped one end around a rusty nail protruding from the crate stamped the psalm. The other end of the coat hanger went through a small knot hole on the back of the crate, fastening the two of them together as best he could. He stepped back. That might work. He threw one leg over the side of his crate and with some difficulty climbed in. Once his boat had steadied itself, he grinned at his sister. They were floating in the shallows by the rotting pier. So... How do we steer? his sister asked. The river should do all the work for us. She stared doubtfully back at him. Then, gently, the current caught at the crates and slowly drew them out into the flow of the river. In the lead, the girl watched the broad, muddy band of river stretching out ahead of them. She looked back. The wire joining the, their, their two crates together was pulled tight, but it looked like it would hold. Her brother raised his hand and waved. Behind him, she could see the trash-littered bank, a low mist hung over the muddy slope of the hill. The door stood at the top suspended against the pale sky, solitary, like a tombstone. She inspected her crate, relieved to see that there weren't any cracks or leaks. Yet. 
She found some printing on the inside of the planks. Slowly, she sounded it out. How to make, make a perfect cup of, of tea. What? Her brother's voice sounded further away than he really was. She called back to him. Is there anything printed on the inside of your box? She heard him fumble around for a moment. I don't think so. Why? The girl shook her head and settled back against the side of the crate. Forget it. She closed her eyes, listening to the waves lapping against the sides of her makeshift boat. She thought of her father, and she wondered what he was doing right now. The river moved along slowly, carrying them forward. Sometimes the current spun them around so that their crates were floating side by side. Sometimes they found themselves turned around traveling backwards down the river. From time to time they bumped against each other, the hollow sound of wood against wood. Pale tendrils of mist drifted over the face of the water. On each side of the river, the banks were littered with trash. It was not the most fascinating scenery she had ever seen, and the girl soon grew tired of it. She scrunched down in her crate. It smelled of mud and, faintly, of something else. A richer, more pungent smell, like dry autumn leaves. Darjeeling, she said quietly to herself. What? Her brother's voice drifted down the length of wire between them, making it hum with vibration. Are you okay? She nodded. What did you say? Nothing. She snuggled down, letting the mingled smell of mud and tea slide over her like a warm blanket. The two crates drifted down the river. Darjeeling in the lead, with Assam following close behind. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling. Written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Failure to comply is a violation of international copyright law and will slowly chip away at your soul bit by bit over the years until there is nothing left but a pile of pale pink shards that might once have been, long ago, something beautiful. And then, what will you do with yourself? Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. T.M. Camp. All rights reserved. So there. <laughs>